This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 460 with Elizabeth Hartke. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 460. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Elizabeth Hartke is a business scaling strategist that mentors impact-driven entrepreneurs in scaling their influence, income, and time freedom without having to trade time for money or values for the vision. She's fiercely passionate about helping go-getters build the business that aligns with their purpose and their dreams. After building two seven-figure businesses and having the privilege of working with hundreds and hundreds of entrepreneurs, she now runs her businesses and hosts her podcast, Scaling Up, from the rolling hills of her hobby farm with three little kids and her husband as she practices what she preaches, working hard to have the freedom to truly live. Through her online courses, podcasts, full immersion workshops, mastermind, mentorships, and speaking engagements, Elizabeth lives to show her students, clients, and the people she encounters what is truly possible. I love this conversation. So I was actually on Elizabeth's podcast a couple months ago, and then she came on mine, and now we are like kindred spirits and adore each other from afar. So I love this conversation. I had so many questions for her and there was just a lot of ahas as we came together. We have similar values and vision and I just felt like we clicked over and over. And I think you're going to hear that and feel that and love the energy of this conversation. And I also think you're going to be super intrigued because I want you to listen in and hear Elizabeth share 
what her lifestyle is like raising three little ones on a hobby farm. I didn't even know what a hobby farm was, so get ready for that. She's also going to share how the workforce has changed over the last three generations and what we can learn from this massive evolution. She'll talk about the difference between flowing in the wind and setting your sails to make time work in your favor. She'll share how her health journey woke her up in all areas of her life. She talks about the mistakes that women are making in crafting their vision and maybe their vision boards too. And she's going to share why you must get granular with your goal. I loved this part. She'll also talk about why you need to stop asking what do I want to do and start asking who do I want to become. We also talk about the inaccurate and unsustainable expectation of work-life balance and motherhood. And lastly, we talk about what the unsexy day-to-day of chipping away at your dreams truly looks like. This was a really fun conversation. I'm so honored to have Elizabeth here. Make sure you listen in and then Elizabeth has something special for you. So she actually has a special waitlist coming up for a special course. And so I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. So with all that said, let's welcome Elizabeth Hartke to the Shameless Mom Academy. Elizabeth, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for having me on. I'm so happy to be here. This is going to be fun. So we, I was recently on your show and it was a great conversation we had great energy together, great synergy. And so now we get to do it again here. I know. And I'm so excited to talk to your listeners. This will be a lot of fun. And we have to start off anything that I record during COVID. We have to start off with like, we're in COVID and you're in COVID running a business from home with three children, ages five and under. So tell us a little bit about that. Like tell us kids and ages and then what your world is like right now. Oh, well, I think we've officially lost our marbles in this whole (laughs) quarantine for many reasons. One being that we have a five-year-old, my oldest son, Jack, just turned five last week at the time of this recording. And we have our daughter, Marie, who is three years old, and our daughter, Avelina, who is one. And then we thought, like, why not throw a brand new puppy and seven baby chicks into the mix? (gasps) Oh, my gosh. And we got a call from the breeder and the chick people, whoever they are, saying happening to deliver all of them on the same day. So we got them all on my son's fifth birthday. So we're like, we're crazy. There's just poop everywhere. Like our lives are just drowning in animal and human baby poop. (laughs) And uh, life's busy, but it's good. It's also blessed. And we're embracing this crazy period in time. I think the worst part is just not being able to see extended family. That's been really tough. Yeah. Yeah. That's really hard. It's a lot of togetherness without anyone to help break it up. I know. Truthfully, we're used to the togetherness because both my husband and I have been home, you know, working our businesses from home for years now. However, we miss our village, you know, like the people helping raise our babies with us and to be together with and all that stuff. Yeah. And I have to, I don't usually do this, but I think this will be so interesting to our listeners. So there's something in your bio that I wanted to ask you about. You have a hobby farm. (laughs) Yes. And I think people might want to know about the rolling hills of your hobby farm. Because I think this is so fascinating. Like usually I gloss through a bio and I'm like, oh, okay, uh uh-huh, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. This one stood out to me. So can you tell us about your hobby farm? Yeah. So I have to paint a picture for you, Sarah, because the reality is, is that we are 
anything but farmers. And I have no freaking clue why God led us down this path. And when I say hobby farm, I'm insulting all the true hobby farmists out there because first of all, I'll just call them farmists instead of farmers. So that's <laughs> how much I know about this. But secondarily, we used to live in Boston in the like right outside the city. And but we went and we stayed in an Airbnb once in California in the rolling hills of Petaluma, gorgeous, on a farm. And we just had this I don't know, something on our hearts, like, we want this, we want the space, we want to grow some of our own food. We're not like, you know, the true farmers, like we go to the grocery store, but we wanted to know where our food was coming from. We wanted space for our kids to roam. We wanted views. I mean, because we work from home and do everything from home, like a view mattered to us, privacy mattered to us. So two years ago, next month, we will have been on this 12 acre property that we're now adding some animals to. We have a garden that I try not to kill on a daily basis. <laughs> so if any gardeners are listening and have some tips, feel free to DM me. And yeah, it's just been this craving for life to slow down and to simplify and to be more organic in every sense of the word. And I just love that my three little babies can like roam this property without me having to worry about them, you know, getting hit by a car or like, you know, like we just have the space and we have neighbors somewhat close by, but they're not right on top of us. And we can really have, you know, our ability to just enjoy life without feeling like we're in a fishbowl. Like when we were in the city, it just wasn't our style. Yeah, that sounds so heavenly, especially right now. I think for those of us who are I live in the middle of Seattle. Yeah. So for those of us who are in like big city life, I'm in the middle of a city and on a really steep hill. And so like my kid can't do anything on wheels in our yard because he might just roll down an entire mountainside basically. So I, that was our life in Boston too. And it's, you know, it, there's so many amazing things to that too. Oh, totally. We realized it just wasn't, it wasn't fitting for us. And like, I grew up in New Hampshire, he grew up in Wisconsin and we just were craving like nature and space and privacy and just the ability to tell our kids, get outside, <laughs> like go play. Yes. I'm feeling like that's very much lacking in my life. Like I can't just be like, go play. Don't come back for an hour. Right, right. And have any level of trust that the child will still be alive. So yeah, exactly. Except they come in with worms. All They're like, mom, look at this worm. I'm like, oh, great. I love this life. This is so nice. <laughs> have you seen, oh my gosh, we just watched it last weekend. The Biggest Little Farm. No, but someone just told me to watch this. Oh my gosh, you have to. Like, I did not think of myself as being enthralled by farming. It is so fascinating from a perspective of how the land fuels itself and the environment and the earth and everything. And then it's also ridiculously cute. It's like baby piglets being born and like little lambs. So it was fantastic. My husband and I liked it better than my seven. Like my seven-year-old was like, can we watch Ninjago now? <laughs> oh my gosh. What is with this Ninjago? I could go off on a rant about Ninjago. My son's getting into it. It's so boring. It's so awful. Just terrible. But if he's five, you probably have like a solid three years of Ninjago ahead of you. So. I need to shut this down stat. It's killing me. Yes. Yes. Prepare yourself. Oh my gosh. Okay. So tell us a little bit about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now in spite of things being just weird and wonky. Yeah, totally. So I grew up, like I said, in New Hampshire with an incredibly tight knit, very big extended family. We have, you know, our native roots are, we're Arabic and Italian. So we have like food is life. Everyone's really loud. People have opinions. We're together every like minute of every day, you know, 50 plus of us. And within that family, I grew up, they were almost 
all, not quite all, but almost all entrepreneurs, my aunts and uncles, my grandparents, my parents, small business owners. And what I loved about that life was the fact that my mom was always there to cook dinner and, you know, sit at the table with us. And, you know, my parents were always at our ball games and right there on the sidelines. And they had the flexibility because they were entrepreneurs and small business owners to be able to do that. But what I did notice was that in doing that, they had to then make the sacrifice to make up for lost time. So, for example, you know, my mom's a CPA and runs her own practice. And she would do all those things I just mentioned. But then I remember, you know, getting up at 11 o'clock at night to like go use the bathroom or something and seeing the dining room light on and my mom still up working, sitting at the dining room table with her briefcase open and all of her documents and stuff, you know, chipping away at, at her work because she had to make up for the time that she gave to us. So I had this kind of weird dichotomy push pull of, man, I want that freedom, but I also, I want to not have to do that secondary piece of it. So I went the conventional route. I went to college, got a four-year degree, thought I was going to go into journalism, quickly realized after working for a newspaper, I didn't want to be an ambulance chaser that made no money. So I shifted gears and went the marketing route and started in corporate marketing. And there were aspects of corporate marketing that I loved and the psychology behind it and how it really is at the root about serving people when you do it right. But I didn't like that I didn't have the ability to do it how I wanted because I was working under someone else's thumb. So that's when I started to explore entrepreneurship about 10 years ago. And it stole my heart pretty quickly. And I was having visions of this is before I even had met my husband or obviously didn't have kids yet of knowing that I wanted that life, like the life that I saw my grandmother have surrounded by all these kids and grandkids and just being there with their family and being able to raise their kids. And I wanted that for myself. But I was like, man, if I keep going this whole like climb the ladder route at in corporate and really feeling unfulfilled in what I'm doing and it's sucking like the joy out of my life for me because it wasn't the right fit for me. I know it's the right fit for some people. This isn't going to work for me. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. EarnIn is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. 
super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earnin can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. So that's when I started to explore entrepreneurship, but I knew I wanted to do it differently than how I saw my family do it. So what I've kind of dedicated my life in, you know, it's business and part vocation because that's just kind of the nature of this beast when you're really passionate about something and you have this, you're writing an injustice in the world. And I want entrepreneurs to be able to be at the dinner table with their kids and be able to, you know, have time, freedom of time, the ability to be there to raise their babies without feeling like, man, I got to make up for this, or I've got to sacrifice this time, or I've got to tell my kid when they're knocking on the door to my home office, hey, you know what, mommy's making the sacrifice for us so that in five, 10 years, we can have the life we want. Well, that's not going to work for me because I'm not going to miss those five or 10 years. So I'm teaching business owners, entrepreneurs, how to do it differently, how to scale their businesses in a way that build in that passive income stream and build in that freedom of time so that the vision that they had going into entrepreneurship actually ultimately aligns with the business that they're building. It's supported by the business model that they create versus getting into business, hustling, 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 thinking that, you know, time plus hard work is eventually going to equal freedom, which is just bad math. It's not true. You have to be strategic about it. Honestly, that's what I'm always excited about. What I'm most excited about right now is we're relaunching our course. So I typically work with people in mastermind style and group coaching and everything, but we're launching our scaling up your business course because there are so many people who are stuck in that grind and they're never going to get out of it if they don't make a pivot. So I'm just passionate about getting this whole mission in the hands of more people. I love, oh, there's something that you mentioned that I want to touch on. The first one is that, so I was raised by a mom who was a teacher and it's so funny how we watch our parents do certain things and we're like, that's for me or that's not for me. And I, there was so many things I loved about watching her be a teacher and how it fueled her and how she was so widely respected in her profession because she did it for 42 years by the time she retired. And that was really appealing to me. I also loved kids. And so I, for a long time, really thought that like that was the natural career path for me. But what held me back and to your point was that she was a single mom and she would work all day and come home and make dinner for us. And then she would sit at the dining room table and pull out her school stuff. And same thing on the weekend, like the weekend was about like catching up, getting chores done, going to the store, like kind of doing all like the restocking of the household. And then 
pull out the school bag and work on lesson plans for the week. And I early on in choosing a career was like, I felt a pull to be of service in that way. And also I was so clear that I did not want that where I was always pulling out my school bag every night or on the weekend to have to catch up after family time. So that I find is so, so relatable. Another thing I saw my mom do is I saw her stay in a career that she loved for too long. And she even says like, she's like, I should have retired or shifted gears like 10 years earlier, but I didn't know how, what that could look like. I didn't see the possibility. And she, you know, now that she's out of it, she's like, oh, I could have been like a tutor or I could have gone into like other kinds of educational support rather than having my own classroom. But she just couldn't see that when she was in it. And I think that's also really common. And I think that we often, I think people stay in traditional career paths for a really long time, living very either like best case scenario, satisfactory lives, worst case scenario, way less than satisfactory lives, because there's not a lot of clarity around like, if I'm not going to do this, then what am I going to do? And that feels really scary and really vulnerable. Definitely. I totally agree. And I think it's partially a generational thing too. It's like, and it's like both a blessing and a curse. I look at you know, our parents and our grandparents generation. And there was this fortitude in them that they could just and loyalty, like they could work for a company for 50 years and move up that ladder and be passionate about what they did. And then I feel like that was our grandparents generation. And then our parents, that was instilled in our parents and they went to go do that. But then the economy shifted and the way business operated shifted. So they had this loyalty and this commitment, but the quality of life within those businesses wasn't the same as the generation prior. So they were getting like beat up by that versus like respected and lifted up and, you know, honored for what they were doing. And now there's this, I think this happens sometimes where we're like, our generation is rebelling against that. We're saying like, totally. we're like too much in the opposite direction. We have zero loyalty, zero work ethic. Like we're not putting in the time and we want things now. Right. And we're shifting gears like every other day. I'm going to do this thing and then this thing and then this thing. Yeah. And we call it multi-passionate and we celebrate it, but we make no money and we mm -hmm. never actually get to the vision that we have for our lives because we're constantly pivoting, changing, moving, switching gears and not committing because it's hard work. Right. And that feels, I mean, maybe there's certain personality types that enjoy that feeling, but I think overall that feel, it's just a lot of sense of failure. Yes. And a lot of sense of like, why does everyone else have it figured out? Because I'm just running all over with, you know, and not figuring out a whole heck of a lot or making any money. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about why you think some people wake up one day unhappy with where their life has ended up? And has that been your situation? And where do you see this playing out, especially with moms? Yeah, I've had that happen multiple times throughout my life. And thankfully, I feel like I've built up enough of a toolkit and enough of a community and really a team of people that everyone from my mother, you know, the people that I lean on, my mother, my aunts, like the people that I lean on in motherhood to the people that I lean on in business, like my business mentors and people that I respect that can kind of swoop in and say, help hold me accountable, but also help me see some, have some perspective in things because sometimes it's just, life is just hard and there really are seasons. And I think the big reason that I see people wake up unhappy and sometimes unfortunately decades later wake up and like finally come off of autopilot and say oh well duh, I didn't really like the last 30 years but they never did anything about it is really that they never took intentional aim at where they wanted to go and got strategic about how to get there and there's a Jim Rohn quote that has stuck with me since I started in entrepreneurship that says it's not the blowing of the wind that determines the destination it's the setting of the sails and people are sitting there waiting like the wind for us is time 
right? Like we're waiting for time to just get us to where we want to go. Oh, when our kids get a little bit older, it'll get a little bit easier. Or, you know, when like my business finally takes off, I'm going to finally have that freedom of time. And like, we're just waiting for things to happen to us instead of setting our sails and making happen what we want to happen. Now, like, obviously that's a pretty black and white simplified version of how it looks. But when I work with people and I work with a lot of female or mom entrepreneurs too. So it's very relevant, especially when you're raising children to be super intentional about how you show up in your life and what you're aiming at. You can't just say, I want to be, people say, I want to be happier. Well, what the heck does that look like? What does that mean? What would make you feel happier? What in your days would you have to change in order to make sure that you end up happier? You can't just keep asking for happiness and journaling about happiness and setting intentions for happiness. What actual tactical things are you shifting in your life to ensure that that occurs? Like when you keep saying that you would be happy if you had more freedom of time, but you're a really strung out, busy working mom, what are you doing with your time right now to make sure that you're enabling yourself to have more freedom of time? Maybe it's a career shift. Maybe like that nine to five the only time free time you're ever going to have are the weekends and your vacation time. So if you don't like that structure, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to shift gears? Kind of like what you were saying about your mom, like 10 years sooner, maybe she should have shifted into tutoring and that would have given her more flexibility. Asking yourself the pertinent questions and peeling back the layers of onion that says like, what's the end destination that I'm seeking in many different areas? And what do I have to do? What am I responsible for to make sure that that actually happens? Is it changing my habits? Is it letting go of, you know, certain habits that I have, like watching Netflix or drinking too much wine during the week or not taking care of my body and optimizing my energy so that when I say I don't have time, it's really that I'm dragging so much that I don't even utilize the time I do have because I have no energy left to give. You know, what are those things that you have to do to make the vision come to life? Right. Oh my gosh. I love all of this so much. And so I want to go back to what you said about setting the sales, because I think to your point, when we set our sales, then we can make time work in our favor. And an example of this that's really clear for me is that, and to your point around actually having to take the action steps. So to write in my journal that like, you know, time freedom is my highest priority in my business. It's one thing to put that in the journal. It's one thing to have that as an affirmation. It's one thing to talk about it all the time. It's very different to look at what it actually means in a tangible way. And I also think that these things are constantly evolving. So one of the ways that I am always working on this with time freedom being one of my highest core values of being an entrepreneur, if not the highest, is that I am constantly looking at if time freedom is what I really want, how am I in setting my sales, managing my business in a way that gives me what I actually want? Because the easiest thing for me to do, and when I first started building a business around my podcast, I had to be really clear about this. The easiest thing for me to do is to fill my time with things that make me keep me busy so that I feel like I'm growing something and being productive. And that is very exhausting. And a lot of entrepreneurs and podcasters especially do this where they fill their time, but they're not actually making any money. And that's technically community service, and which is fine if you want to do community service and you can, you have the resources and the time and the energy for that. But most of us are getting into business or starting podcasts or doing whatever because we want to actually make some money and we have other goals around it other than just like working 40 to 60 hours a week for free to be of service to other people. And so I'm always looking at my schedule and adjusting how can I 
make sure that I'm shifting things to accommodate this top value of time freedom. And even this morning, I was like, okay, I need to take another look at how I'm scheduling two different things in my schedule every month to optimize my time freedom. And this was something I have to revisit like every two or three months to make sure that I'm reminding myself what the core value is and keeping myself accountable to taking action toward it. Yep. Bingo. I 100% agree. How has your own story inspired your mission? Hmm. I think it's been the culmination of my own failures that have really pushed me into momentum towards doing what I do. Like, Can you talk about some of the failures? Because I know you've built two seven-figure businesses. And so I think when we read a bio and it's like, oh, she's built two seven-figure businesses and worked with all of these amazing people and has a successful podcast and three happy kids on a farm. <laughs> like we're not seeing failures. <laughs> right. Very good point. There should be like the media bio and then there should be like the <laughs> true bio. Right, right. With like the picture of me when I first wake up in the morning with bags under my eyes and all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, so kind of thinking back, what spurred all of this for me in the beginning. And I think a lot of women will likely relate to this, especially moms. It was probably like 12 years ago. I was having such trouble with just my health. And my wet blanket, like kind of my fallback was that I'd had multiple knee surgeries as an athlete. I'd had five ACL replacements and full knee reconstructions since from the age of starting at 15, age 15 up through, you know, the next 10 years. And so that was kind of like, oh, that's why I'm gaining weight. You know, I can't work out like I used to. But really, it was I'm not taking care of myself. I'm eating like garbage. I'm partying on the weekends, like just all the things that lead to a lot of weight gain. Plus, I then shifted into the corporate world where I'm sedentary, sitting in a chair all day and not really, you know, moving around much. And I had this moment where like my digestive pain was so bad and I was always like so bloated and I was then put on top of it like didn't feel comfortable in my own skin and hated trying to get ready to, you know, go out and do anything, even just to go to work because none of my clothes fit right. Just like all these emotional things that come with that. And I was so tired at work every day that I would have to use, I would eat my lunch at my desk while I was working and I would have to use my lunch hour to take a nap because I was so depleted. I had had so many cups of coffee by that point. It wasn't working anymore. And that's when I would crash and I would nap in my car. And it hit me once like, okay, I'm like 21. This is not normal. And so I went in to get, my doctor wanted me to get an endoscopy and a colonoscopy at the age of 21. And I'm like, what the heck? And I just knew in my heart something was wrong. And I went in and I got the procedure and I remember waking up from it and finally coming to, and the doctor comes in and he's like, well, I have good news and bad news. And I was like, okay, give me the good news. And he's like, well, you're fine. Like there is nothing wrong with you. Which is not comforting if you think there's something totally. wrong with you. And I was like, what's the bad news? He's like, this is on you. You just have to take better care of yourself. And in that moment, and now like everything's in retrospect and with perspective, it's hard for me to even admit this, but I'm being vulnerable and sharing it, that I was hoping for a diagnosis. Now, I know so many people who have received diagnoses and no one, I shouldn't even say that aloud because I am so blessed that I didn't receive one. But at the time, if he had diagnosed me with something, it wouldn't have been my fault. You know, it wouldn't have been on me to fix it. Someone else would have been responsible for fixing me. And 
But that was a beautiful moment in my life because it was when I finally woke up. Like, I am 21. What the heck am I doing? Like, wake up, Liz. Go do something about your life. You can fix this. Stop saying that your knees hurt too much. Like, figure it out. And that's when I figured it out. And I took control of my health and I was able to, I lost 60 pounds and I got my energy back and I let go of caffeine and I became caffeine free and I wasn't dependent on it. And so many positive shifts started happening. But what really happened was it in waking up in my health, it woke me up to the fact that like the other areas of my life, I had been asleep. The relationship that I was in for three years that wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't bad. So I was staying like, you know, it wasn't amazing though. And I I wanted amazing in my life all of a sudden. And the job that I was sitting in, that was a good paycheck. Like that was fine, but it wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't the extraordinary life that I wanted to be living that I thought just eventually I would get to magically. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. So I think it was those failures, those struggles that led me to and none of this happened overnight. Like this is over a decade of time to start to piece together my life and say, oh, if I want that, 
what am I going to do about it? I am responsible for it. And I think a lot of times we are dealt crappy hands. Like people are do go through incredibly difficult things, losses, true actual diagnoses, like major financial battles in their lives, whatever, abuse, trauma from childhood, so many things that are so real. Although you are not at fault for any of those things, you're still responsible for how you play those hands. And that just started to become more obvious to me. So my mission stems from the fact like those awakenings throughout those early stages and then encountering more and more people that were like, I'm going through that to show me the way. And it made me so passionate about wanting to create the tools to, you know, one of the major pillars of even when I'm working with, you know, I work with multi-million dollar earners sometimes helping them to grow and scale. One of the first things we work on is the vision that they have for their life and their health, whether it's for some people, it's weight loss and getting like truly healthy in that way. For other people, it's like they have zero energy and they haven't optimized their body. So it's just been for my own failures, my own struggles that I've created things to help people through those struggles too. I love it. And I so agree on the connection between health and success and mindset and all of that stuff. And I've had, there's parts of your story that are similar to mine and oh my gosh, it changes everything. And also when you become a healthier version of yourself, it's amazing how doing, and I think this this can be relatable in a few different contexts, but it's amazing how being strong in one area of your life and being like strong, relentless, tenacious in one area carries over into other areas. And I think we see this a lot with like, you know, someone who's been like an amazing student through law school or medical school, they're like, you know, amazing in their field as well. But when we look in the health in the realm of health, I think that we see people realize their potential in every aspect of their life when they optimize their health. And to your point, around it's sometimes it's around weight loss and sometimes it's around things that are specific to, you know, feeling more confident and comfortable in your own skin. Sometimes it is just about having more energy and being like, oh, I actually have the energy to like work eight hours today and then still play with my kids instead of being like, no, kids, we're just going to watch a movie. You know, it's the energy thing that I think we really miss out on. And it's the energy in the mindset. You know, I think the diet culture has us so fixated on like, our health journey looking like a very specific image from Instagram versus like how it actually fuels our energy and our mindset. And that I think is what is really, really transformational. Yeah. And I think moms can resonate with this, but it's almost like, you know, when you have your first baby and then you find out you're pregnant with your second baby, you're like wondering in your brain, how on earth, like, it's actually a little scary, or at least it was for me. Like, how am I going to love this child as much as I love the child I have. Like, I literally love this child that I have with my entire heart. How am I going to love this next baby the same way? And then you do. And you realize that as a mother, your capacity expands, like your love capacity expands. It's very similar in that health journey of like your capacity to show up for the people and the things that are important to you in your life expands when you optimize your body to be able to do that. Because when you are so drained, and I I have very recently actually gone through major health struggles after having my third baby with adrenal crashes, which landed me in bed for like almost an entire month. Absolutely debilitating and devastating when you're someone who is obsessed with optimizing your health and does everything that you can possibly do to optimize your health and then to crash like that. But I learned in coming back from that and in previous years of going through that and after each baby or whatever is when I feel like I have nothing to give and then I do the things to expand my energy capacity, all of a sudden when I couldn't show up for my kids, 
I can now, or when I couldn't have that, like prioritize my marriage. Now I have the capacity to do it. Your, your capacity really can expand. Even if you're in a really dark moment right now and you have zero energy and you think that it's not possible for you, it's just that you're not there yet. And you have to give yourself the opportunity to bloom in that area. And you'll see that you're boundless. Yes. Yes. And so you talk about vision and this, I mean, what you're saying right now has so much to do with vision. And sometimes we have a hard time seeing our own visions or have a hard time trusting our visions, but we often are really good at seeing them for other people. I think our entrepreneurs and coachy kind of people in particular. So I know that you have a knack for seeing big vision in other people. And what do you see as mistakes moms in particular might be making when it comes to going after their vision? Mm, yeah, that's such a good question. I think a lot of times they're not looking at it from a granular level. So they're thinking about this, like almost like a vision board, which is great. It's an awesome way to start to picture the things that are important to you and put them in front of you and, you know, manifest them in whatever way you think is possible. But you also have to break it down granularly and say, all right, you're putting this big, beautiful home on your vision board. And then what is the gap between where you are today and what's required of you to to achieve that vision. Well, for something like a home, it's probably X amount of dollars, probably a lot of dollars if you're putting this big, beautiful home. Well, what are you doing between now and then to shorten that gap and on a daily basis, ensure that you're bringing in, let's say the money to be able to achieve that thing. Like people don't get granular with it. The same thing with health, like we just talked about, like they have maybe on their vision board, this picture of this really fit person, or maybe a picture of them before kids when they were healthy and fit but they're not breaking it down like, okay, that's going to require me to stop drinking wine every single night. And it's going to require me to like be a little bit more intentional about what I put into my body and how I move my body. So taking it granular is one of the things that I see a lot of people forget to do. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's a lot of, I think this is like the downfall of New Year's resolutions is there's a lot of like really broad strokes with this. And so people are like, in 2020, I'm going to get more healthy or I'm going to build the business or I'm going to launch the whatever. And to your point, it's not granular enough. It's like this big general idea instead of I'm going to move three days a week. I'm going to stop eating ice cream seven nights a week. I'm going to, you know, go buy the microphone for the podcast. I'm going to sign up for the course to write the book or like whatever, like the little step you're taking this week, not like the lofty idea for the next year. A hundred percent spot on. I think that's such a missing piece for people. So I think one of the most important things that people fail to do is they're asking, do you have to get granular? You have to come up with a plan. You have to have the steps that it's going to take to get you there. You have to also get beyond just asking, what do I need to do? And ask the question, who do I need to become? And what I mean by that is that vision board of all those things and experiences and life that you want to be living there's a version of you that's capable of achieving that. And you're not her yet. Because if you were her, you would already be living that life. So who do you need to become in order to both achieve and sustain that and be ready for that? Because if a lot of us want to be picked up and dropped into our vision for our lives. But the reality is, is we see that happen all the time. People hit the lottery, they get picked up and dropped into that vision of having a hundred million dollars and then they lose it all because they weren't mentally prepared. They weren't a leader. They weren't ready for it. They didn't have an understanding of their finances. So same thing with like athletes or rock stars that like go big and then can't handle the life. So there's an evolution that has to happen. And I think moms can relate to the fact that it's like the gestation period for a baby. Like there's a reason that you got to 
cook this thing for nine months. And if you, the baby, when they're born prematurely, they're at a little bit higher risk and there are things that you have to do to, to ensure that they're taken care of. Or God forbid, if they're born too early, they, they can't survive because they didn't go through that full gestation period. And that's us in pursuit of our vision. Like allow yourself to become, allow yourself to say, hey, that woman who's going to live the life that I have in that picture. And one of the things on my vision board is to be this present, loving, patient mother who has a secure, healthy relationship with each of her individual children. But today I'm the mom who's too burnt out to even show up for those kids. And I stick them in front of a television. No judgment. Been there, done that. Especially right now. Right, right. Exactly. Or, you know, you're snapping at your kids because you just have too much going on. You actually have to shift who you are as a mom each day, little by little, like becoming more patient, retraining your brain, rewiring how you react and allow yourself to bloom into the person that you have in that vision. The same thing with so many, like the healthy piece, like if you have this vision of being healthy, great. What habits do you have to change today? What habits do you have to break? What things can you chip away at in becoming that person that are allowing you to get there? And that includes the lens through which you view the world. If you have this amazing vision of being super happy, but you revert to the negative every time something happens, or you get really panicky when anything arises, that person likely can't sustain the vision that you have. So you actually have to train yourself to let go of whatever past traumas are causing you to think that way, or maybe working with a therapist. Like there are so many things you have to overcome to become. And I think that that is a key piece in getting to the vision that people just don't ever take the time to do. They just think of like the actual things that they want. Right, right. And I love that you said the chipping away because that's what it is. And that's so not fun and sexy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just a showing up like with a level of conscientiousness and taking a step every single day, which is oftentimes not super exciting. Often it's not super inspiring. It's just showing up over and over. Over time, there's momentum that comes with that, which can be super exciting and motivating and like very life-giving. But like when my alarm goes off at 5.30 so I can have an hour to myself before my family gets up, it's not cute and sexy or fun or inspiring. It's always like, oh God, here we go. <laughs> you know? Totally. But it's also the path that ultimately completely lights me up. Like that's my granular thing I do every day that really creates a shift in everything. Yep. Yep. Can you tell us how you balance motherhood and business and life and farming and all of the things? Uh, that's probably the easiest question you've asked me. I should put balance in quotes. Yeah. Well, that's it. Like I don't. <laughs> okay, good. I don't balance it. I don't balance it at all. Like I am always out of balance and in accepting that and knowing that that is my truth and that I will never be in balance. I think that we become disappointed in life and face like unhappiness and even depression because of an expectation gap. Like we have an expectation that something's going to be one way and then it's not that way. Well, if you expect as a mom, especially a working mom or whatever, stay at home mom, God bless you. Stay at home moms. Like when you're doing that all day, every day and your expectation is balance. I'm sorry, but you're just like, that's signing up for a life of depression. That's signing up for a life of disappointment and a lack of happiness. So I don't balance it at all. I ask for help where I need it. You know, in my business, finally, over the last five years, accepted like I need a team and we have a small but mighty team of people who do a lot of work in the business and allow me to be able to scale and grow and have that freedom of time. Same with my kids. You know, I just swallow my pride. I come from an Italian family where like 
you don't get a nanny. Like, what do you mean? You raise your own babies. Well, I'm running two very large businesses that support those babies. And I want to be able to fully check out of those businesses come three, four o'clock every single day so I can be totally present. That means we bring someone into the house to help us. And if you can't afford to do that, like figure out how you can trade time with other moms who need time, you know, offer to watch each other's kids get crafty and power pockets. Like I block time. I have power pockets of the day. I don't work like a clean eight hour day because I'm still the one to kiss the boo-boos and, you know, sit and have lunch and read the books in the middle of the day because that's the life I designed and that's what I wanted. And I have a strong philosophy of there's a small number of people that I always have time for ahead of everything else. You know, when my mother calls me, even if in the middle of something, what I deem to be really important in my business, and it's a disciplined, you know, two hours of content writing where I'm blocking out the world mom can call me anytime she wants, because I know someday I'll look back on that time and say, man, I really regret that time. I didn't pick up the phone because I thought writing that blog was more important. And the same goes for my kids. So you have flexibility, you don't have balance and you know, there are seasons and you ask for help where you need it. And that's how I survive. I mean, I would say we thrive doing that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I totally, totally agree. I also appreciate you pointing out overcoming other people's expectations, like around hiring a nanny and doing things that work for you. I'm also loving right now in this specific time that I thought I could never endure to have my child not in school for months and months and months on end, that I'm totally with you on the pocket time and doing little bits of things. So like this morning, I'm doing a couple interviews, he's doing some other stuff while I'm doing that. But then like, I'll have two hours with him after that, where I'm going to do lunch with him. And we're going to go for a walk and we have an errand to drop something off somewhere and things like that. So yes, 100% leveraging time in that way that feels feels good, feels positive, feels productive, and also being totally cool with that not being in balance. Yeah. And being present in whatever it is you are doing. Yes. Yes. Totally. I love it. Okay. How are you currently showing up as a shameless mom? Oh, vey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, through ways like this, like pulling back the curtain and not being afraid to share the blunders and the struggles and the pain of what it looks like to go through it. Like when I say you have a vision and you go for it and like I say it kind of in that, you know, like kick you in the butt kind of way, I'm not trying to make it sound like it's going to be easy and clean. Like it's been a smooth sailing process for me. There are humbling times when I'm brought to my knees, but I feel like in sharing that with you all, it makes it possible for people to see like, oh, this doesn't have to be the perfect journey. I don't have to wait till I'm quote ready. I just need to start, like we said before, chipping away at it and never, you know, trying to drag any, only ever trying to lift other mothers up. Even if I don't agree with how they're doing it, and maybe I share my way to, in the hopes of enlightening them and giving them a better way of going for their vision because I see more in them and I don't think that they're living up to that potential. I don't do it in a way that's bringing them down. It's in lifting them up that they're going to see that light. Yes. I love it. Oh, this has been so good. Elizabeth, thank you so much for your time. I'm so grateful. I've loved hearing your story and I feel like we've touched on a lot of really great things, like things that people are going to want to go take action on and other things that people are just going to be in awe of. Like for me, it's the farm. <laughs> so We'll have you out someday. Oh my gosh, I would love it. So can you tell people where they can connect with you, where they can learn more about how you work with people and get in touch with you? Totally. So I have podcasts scaling up. So if you're an entrepreneur interested in starting a business or scaling your business, 
please tune in. It's something geared towards all of you. And then you can come find me on Instagram. I'm just at Eliz, E-L-I-Z, Hartke, H-A-R-T-K-E, or over on my website, which is elizabethhartke.com. And I actually put together something for you guys, that concept of becoming, who are you becoming? I have just a guide to walk you through that. So I'm happy to share that with your audience because it's really served mine. And I love passing along things that work. And I have course launching, our mastermind, group coaching, individual coaching, different things like that. But you can find it all on the site. Awesome. And I think I already have the link to the becoming. We'll double check this when we're done recording. But I will make sure that all of that is linked up, especially that guide, the free guide to becoming. And that will all be in the show notes. So if you go to shamelessmom.com, click on the episode with Elizabeth Hartkey, you can find everything right there. Elizabeth, thank you. You're doing amazing things. I'm so delighted to be connected. And I really appreciate you taking the time to be here today. I adore you, Sarah. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here. And I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.